Tub Talk is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. Email us at tubtalk at cageclub.me with questions, criticisms, riddles, trivia, dating advice, cryptozoology, ideas for future episodes, and more. Head over to cageclub.me to check out other shows and email us tubtalk at cageclub.me. whether there's a ghost or not you're reacting exactly as if there was one so like like narrative can control your 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 life in a way that like it causes the same emotions right so i feel like that's the same thing like if you really if you go to acupuncture and you're just like this shit is gonna straighten me right like i don't think it's not gonna cause cure cancer or anything like that but it might like if you're if you're nauseated all the time like it might make you like just be like oh well i'm not you know i did that thing to fix the thing that's wrong with me so like i might be better but if you suggest that to some people, they get super pissed off at you. Especially women, because women have like a long history of like doctors just being like, it's in your head. You're not really sick. Right. So like, you don't, don't say that to a woman, I guess. But Welcome back to Tub Talk. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> ah, cut that out. <laughs> don't do that to me. That fucking ends with me going like, uh, well, don't tell the women. But it's actually all in their heads. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> You son. I think you're all good, man. I just, I, you know, you didn't say anything weird. This is episode 11. It's like 4 a.m. <laughs> what's, what, what's the ALCS score? Counting down our top 20 songs Ooh, of the 2000s. Bob, Matt, and Mance. Mance, you're number 20 right now. We're not going to talk about Talib Kweli. No. Get by. We will talk about that later. I thought you were saying right that's now. Like the, <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought too. I was like, I didn't pick that song. Number nineteen, though. Postal Service, brand new colony. Yeah, this is this is one of those emotional touchstone songs that uh, you know has stuck with me from the time it came out till now, and uh, it also was kind of a pivot point for me in that uh, growing up as a as a punk kid and then an indie kid. The Postal Service was like sort of that transition where I could pivot, or where I pivoted and it opened me up to like more electronic music, certain types of electronic music. And so it's, it was a, 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 a big album in my musical development. Not a fan. I'm not surprised. Of the song the or the band or both? The band. Nintendo? This is the fucking Mega Man or something? Yeah. So there's only one song that we're going to skip for the rest of For this episode, we're only skipping one song. We're skipping it on this round, I think, for both you. Well, actually, next round for Matt, too. We're skipping Outcast B.O.B. So spoilers what the other crossover song is, but we all knew yep. that's the very beginning. Yep. Manager number 17 was one that we skipped on another list. Lovers Spit by Broken Social Scene. Bob? It's a sexy song. Yeah, it's a very sexy song. About spit. Yeah. The sexiest You part said of the you had not body. heard this band. You knew their the name, but you had not heard this band before. He's too busy listening yeah. to songs okay. that actually have spit in them. So now you yeah, now you've heard two you you know, two of their songs plus one of the singer solo song. Um, bro Soshi. Bro yeah, Bro Soshi. <laughs> bro Bro Soshi. It is an incredibly sexy song. Uh, it also has I love the simplicity of the line. Uh, I think it's time that we grow old and do some shit. Right? Yeah. It, it actually, uh, it sort of bums me out, that line. 
It's also a very like graceful song. Like you can imagine like dancing at a wedding to this song. The way that the yeah the, everyone's like sucking a waltz. face on the dance yeah. floor. It's a waltz swallowing words while giving head is one of the lyrics. Too. What? Oh god! It's very you profane. That that it's sorry, very what? profane. Yeah. Man, it's your last one. I think it was on the first episode crossover because I don't think I've said it. No, maybe I did. Heartbeat by Annie, number sixteen. Yeah, this is another Bob and uh, Bob and my favorite. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know this. We're in the, top twenty, gentlemen. Yeah, this is a number song. Number sixteen. Uh, this is a song that's all about, like, you know, I, uh, we've, we've talked about through lines on our list and like themes and and love and relationships and and you know for good and both bad have been on uh, has been the theme of my list. This song is about a much simpler pleasure. It's about like just meeting somebody at a bar or a club and dancing. You know, just sharing a dance with them and and that like intimate moment. And just the rush of that moment, even if it's two minutes, and uh, she sings it again in a very like sexy, like it's a very like intimate song, and the the beat that comes in right now is very like driven. And um, I'm a big fan. Bob? Yeah, it's very, uh, it's pop music at, at its apex. Um, yeah, how she became, how she didn't become a big star off of this song, I don't know. Was she from? She's from Rixop or something like that. She's from another band, isn't she? No. Oh. Not from Rixop. I don't know. I thought she was a singer in another band. This is her first solo thing. When I first went through Mance's list, when he made this list, I was I said to him, I was like, oh, I'm going to fucking love Annie, aren't I? He's like, no, 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 probably. I have not done the research, but that's just, <laughs> that is a conversation that we had. Bob, uh, you're number I've 20. I've listened to the soundtrack to Annie every day for the last seven months of my life. Cameron Diaz's final that's my Annie. acting appearance. Yeah, it's Cameron Diaz's swan song. No, she's not re- that one. She's retired. Uh, you, the, no, the, but the, Matt the, watches the, the real one, the, the old one. The fucking, um, you don't watch Blanny? Uh, who the fuck directed that? Like uh, John Ford or some shit? John Houston. John Houston, yeah. Alfred, Alfred, uh, what's his name? Albert Finney. He's good. Bob, you're Albert number 20. By Bomb the Music Industry, the shit that you hate. So that that guy Jeff Rosenstock that I told you in a previous episode wrote in a good anti-Trump album last year is the singer on Bomb the Music okay. Industry. So I feel like I might get pretty ranty in these top twenty. Uh, so stop me if 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 you want to. All right, next song up. <laughs> You're on thin ice, Joey. Fucking tricking me into saying some shit that's gonna get me in trouble. Um, so the song The Shit That You Hate uh, uh, by Bomb the Music Industry right um, the chorus is The Shit That You Hate uh, Don't Make You Special right how many people yeah. try to establish themselves yeah. by not talking about stuff that they like but by tearing yeah. other shit yep. down yep. and thinking that the thing that makes them interesting is how unimpressed they are yep. by every fucking thing you like, probably get so much of that as a professor yeah like they just like, like people just want to be like to, to, to be negative and they and they right. want to shit on things and it's that's like, the internet yeah and I was a critic that's for anger, I, 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 I I wrote book reviews for a while and Tom Tom did music reviews and like shitting on things feels lousy you, like you shouldn't want to do it you should be you should be shouting the praises of things right. which is hopefully what we're doing here even when I say that like I'm not a fan of postal service or whatever like that doesn't matter I'm not taking a dump on postal service it's just like not my thing but so many people seek to 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 make themselves interesting or special through uh what they hate rather than what they yeah. love and that's so symptomatic of like all the shit that's just wrong with everything right you see it a lot like 
you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm on Twitter a lot. I'll just have to be blunt about it. And you see it around things like when a Star Wars trailer drops, or when some when like a, a thing happens that like mass culture likes. Somebody inevitably has, and they're like enjoying in the moment. You know, a Game of Thrones season starts or whatever. Somebody inevitably comes along and is like. Oh, this is stupid. Like, why do you know fucking Star Wars? You know, you get it a lot is like the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, you get so many people online just going, like, you know what I'm not doing? I'm not watching Super Bowl. It's like, congratulations. A lot of people enjoy that shit. Let them enjoy it. Like, I'm currently not watching Will and Grace. What the fuck do you want? (laughs) Talk about all the shit I'm not watching. Not a bad show. Uh, Again, not not, (laughs) a bad show. Yeah, I get it. Agree. That's a. That's I'm glad that you like this guy, though. I didn't know yeah. that he was. He, yeah, he's yeah. great. Yeah, he's, he's 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 put out a few solo albums now, and they're all really good. Bomb the music industry. Not a great band name. No, not a great band name. All right, number nineteen. Bjork. Declare independence. Winona Ryder as Bjork. What? Celebrity Jeopardy. It's me, man. <laughs> she's nothing. fucking. The, she's just the best. Bjork. Yeah. yeah. This and this song is so like in your face. And and uh, I was I was in my car uh, at the cheese quick rest stop, and I was sitting there and I just turned this all the way up and listened to it and I was just like, this song is shaking me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to man. my core. Yeah. Like she has no interest in 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 anything but her own vision, and she like just fucking chases her muse down to any far off place. She's climbed Mount Kilimanjaro to find her muse. Left a wet spot. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Thank you for going there. I wasn't gonna. I love Bjork, man. Number eighteen. We I think we just skipped it off. Maybe Mance's list. Get by Todd Quelly. This is the best thing Kanye West has ever done. Yeah. John Legend too. Yeah. The best thing John Legend's ever done is Chrissy Teigen. Hey, Teigen. It's Teigen. Teigen. You know, there's a news a couple months ago. She said that the correct way to pronounce it is Teigen. Oh, fuck her. Uh, I'm just saying. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's talk about who this song. Who gives a shit? Uh, sorry, you're going to have to edit that because I was yelling into the microphone. My bad. Oh, I know. Uh, man, I love this song. Yeah. It's... It's another one, like I mentioned in the last episode about the Japan droids. It's a life affirming. It's like a, you know, it's a very affirmational song, and uh, it's produced like it's on fire. Like it's got that crazy in love thing where it just it, 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 it never relents. It's epic. Yeah, it's got a real engine to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's how we met Nick because we were in our dorm room. We had the dorm room. We were playing this, and Nick came by and he was like, he was like, look at these guys. And it, yeah, the positivity, man. We get high on all types of drugs, and all we really need is love. Yeah, this was, and and, and you have to remember the context that this song was released in, uh, in, in in rap at the moment was this was the only thing that had that message. You know, he took Quali and most were the only rappers that had this message. Yeah, it was a breath of fresh air. Also, we go through episodes two, like Attack of the Clones, is is a, is a fantastic lyric. 
we're supposed to be hustling through these, but our producer keeps leaving the room to make pizza and things like that. Next up, Elliot Smith, Everything Means Nothing to Me. This is my second Elliot Smith song on the list. Yeah. Um, and your final one, I think. Yeah. At 17. There's a music nerd thing that I love about this song. But go, go no, say what it is. It's when the chorus comes in. Hold on. Right now, coming up. That's just, he just goes up the major scale. Oh, okay. Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, si, do. That's what he does. All right. And he's such a, like, he's such a, a wonderful songwriter, and, or was such a wonderful songwriter and, and musician that to, to make something so beautiful just around that major, that major chord or major scale is, uh, is any trick. It's beautiful. And it's so, it's, it's so sad. Everything means nothing to me. Lyrics coming out of the mouth of a guy that killed himself. Uh, and, and a guy that had all the talent that you could possibly have in the world is just, uh, man, it's a bummer. Speaking of having all the talent you could ever want, next song by Ween. But not the final one of the night. If you not the final one yourself, of the night. Oh, final one. No. If you could save yourself, you'd save us all off once again, Quebec. Holy shit, man. Burnt out on I'm getting a crash course in Ween. Yeah. This this sounds kind of like a Pink Floyd song a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, not really sure what it's about. It has sort of obscure lyrics about you know the governor and giving head. On the free ride cool. What do you what do you think of this? It's uh, it's not on your list, but are you? It's also not typical of Ween. Yeah. Um, I like it. I like this song. I, I I've noticed like a lot of young Ween fans really love this album. Oh yeah, and this song specifically. And uh, yeah, it's cool. It's just cool that they that like they they evolved into that like Pink Floyd conversation at all. It's so strange considering where, where they started. It's not, but it's not because if if you look at uh, uh like Birthday Boy ends with a Pink Floyd sample, right? And, and so it's like it was always there. Yeah. If you guys made a top ten really favorite song, favorite Ween songs list, both of you, what are the odds you think you'd have a crossover? Because it feels like uh, well, we did this. Yeah. I don't remember what were the songs. Do we have any songs that crossed over? Because it feels like these are like you could each put in like the top thirty, and there'd be no crossover. I think, no, I, th- I think we did. I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think "Stay Forever" was a crossover. Yeah. Um, Birthday Boy was probably a crossover, right? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say. I don't know. If, I, if I made a top ten, it would be completely different from that yeah. top ten that I made. All right, Matt, you're number twenty. Paul Simon rewrite. Paul Simon? Yeah. Wow. I was never a big Paul Simon fan, and then this album came out. This this came out, I listened to this a lot when I got engaged. This is So Beautiful, So What? And uh, I was like, man, this album sounds really cool. There's a lot of like, weird sounds in here. And then like I, I threw like reading articles or whatever his whole thing he's like yeah he's like I always considered Sonics first he's like lyrics were secondary like I wanted to craft like a sound and I, and I thought that was I think kind of blew my mind because I was like I always thought Paul Simon was just like this the songwriter he was telling these stories and the, the focus was his like his words 
but he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, that, for, like on this song, there's a one note that like he incorporated a field recording of a wildebeest making a sound, and like he wanted that incorporated because only that would like give him the sound that he was thinking of. And I've listened for it. I don't know what he's talking about. I love this song a hundred times, but it, it's a really cool song. A rewrite. It's 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 like various explorations of like stories of like. People come home fucked up with Vietnam, like they just want to rewrite. But there's a line that goes, uh, two minutes and 30 seconds. There's a good whistle solo in this, too. Love a good whistle solo. Yeah, I think this part. I'll eliminate the pages where the father has a breakdown and he has to leave the family, but he really meant no harm. I'm gonna substitute a car chase and a race across the rooftops when the father saves the children and he holds them in his arms. There's just like a really, like, it's such a melancholy, yeah, like deeply heartfelt sadness in that. And it's just such a good songwriting moment. I love it. Night Year number 19 is a band we just talked about. At the end of last episode, Lamb Chop with Gone Tomorrow. Yeah, it's my second Lamb Chop song. This is one of the most beautiful songs that I've heard. And this, we, me and Lisa listened to this album the first night of our honeymoon. And <laughs> so the funny thing about it, we went to, we went to Grenada. And we got to, this, to our, our room that night. And I put this album on through my phone. Not realizing that I didn't connect to the Wi-Fi. So to listen to this album... It wound up costing us like three hundred dollars because I streamed it all through data, and it was totally worth it. Like it was literally totally worth it. Mr. M. It was one of the best nights of my life, and that's probably the the bedrock for why I love this band so much because it was just discovering a lot of things. Like talk about going in the ocean at night. Like it was it was zero point zero light pollution. Yeah, and man. right outside of our, of our thing was this walk like a bay. I just went into the bay and just in space. It was remarkable. A remarkable moment. And, and this is like the soundtrack to it in my memory. And I just... This whole album... Funny thing about this album... You know Vic Chestnut? You ever hear of Vic yeah. Chestnut? So this is, this, is in, this is in memory of him. This, this whole album. Because they were friends. And... Uh, should have put some of that on here because that shit is brutal but um the uh it's called mr m and there's like a artwork of just like a portrait series that he did and people black dudes in top hats yeah he has like a whole series of those but uh i'm telling the story poorly but it was called this song's called mr met is it on tomorrow. <laughs> no, there's a song on here that's really good called Mr. Met. The, al- the whole point is, wow, I'm fucking this story up. The album was originally called Mr. Met, and the MLB was like, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> He's the Mets mascot. You gotta change it. <laughs> so the album's called Mr. M. <laughs> Fuck. I should have told that. Just no, it's great. Choppily I love, I love, I love it. It's very postmodern. It's like recursive <laughs> repetition. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Alright, I'll get it together for the next song. <laughs> Number 18 is by uh, an artist that Nance mentioned last round, someone's girlfriend or wife, Courtney Barnett. Oh, yeah, here she is. Yeah. Avant Gardner. Yeah. Again. 
again. One of the best guitar rock songs. Dad, Dad mentioned it. It all blurs. Like this is this is just all the shit that I listened to in high school back again. This is like pavement back. It's just all of that shit. I'm very happy they're still making shit like this. And she's fucking Australian woman, like that whole angle. It's 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 great. Not since Natalie and Bruglia. <laughs> No, but I mean, like, she's probably one of the guitar, like, she's a guitar rock, like, hero right now. Anytime somebody does that, does cool shit with their guitar. Talking to you, Gary Clark Jr., step it up. You know Khaki King? Oh, check out Khaki King. She's she's a really, really good guitar player. Plays like shit that I've never heard before. Like Khaki Pants? K-I-K-I, it's her first name, Khaki. Yeah, this is Ride Your Bike in Summertime music, too. Matt, your number 17 is a song I'm surprised is not on either of your other lists just because it's massive. M.I.A. Paper Planes. Mm-hmm. This is another song of the era. Yeah. Tom listened to this a lot in yeah. college. This is just this, the decade. Again, like, it's really overdone, but it's just still listen to it every time. Yeah. I enjoy it every time. It reminds me of Slump Dog. And this was... Oh, really? Because I was going to say it, like... Um, it feels like Express. Yeah, it feels like one of the most like potent like movie and song yeah, crossovers yeah. in a long time. It just instantly makes you think of that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that movie's not even that good. No. But like it, it seemed when it was out, it was coming out. You're like, ah, cool. Did I Stoner watch? comedies again? Was that on the list last year? Have you not seen it? I don't know. If it wasn't on my list, then no. I don't think it was very good. You can skip it. It's pretty funny. There's enough funny shit in it. There's a fun song, though. Yeah. Sometimes all you need is one thing. Yeah. By Amory. This is that Beyonce song, only better. I, I, so, I was driving. I had this lower. I had this, I think, in my 70s or 60s or I forget where. And I was listening to it on the way over here to prepare notes to think about it. And I was like, yeah, this is Crazy in Love. This is, like, there's no reason why Crazy in Love became a big hit and this... This was, was first. It was a hit, but it wasn't a crazy in love hit. And she didn't do anything. This doesn't have this. any Jay-Z fucking around. Yeah. But it's got that same, like, that open, like, drum, that syncopated drum yeah. beat. And the same energy in the vocals. I mean, you could say she doesn't have quite Beyonce's level of yeah. intensity, but she's no fucking yeah. slouch. No. That's not her at all. Like, that, like, soul Amory. guitar stab. It's me. I like the song though. Never heard this chorus. I don't think so. Oh, yeah. oh. this was a this was a big hit. Man, it's your song number. I don't 15. even know what one thing the one thing yeah, she's talking about is. It's like meatloaf all over she, again. She put out a couple of EPs <laughs> last year that are good. You should check them out. Wait, did we talk about all I want for Christmas is you? What that song's actually about? No. Did you know that that song's about a dog? What? <laughs> what? Are you, re- are you serious? Oh, serious. Yeah. She's in a made-for-TV movie called All I Want for Christmas is You. She sings that song in it to a dog because the plot is about the dog she wants for Christmas. That makes me like it even more. You know what? Yeah, me too. No, me. I'll never listen to it, it again. I'll, say, I'll send that to my dog next Christmas. <laughs> Nancy, number 15 is a song you've described will be featured in many films depicting the black struggle in this era. Kendrick Lamar, all right. Yeah, I think yeah. This this is the song 
of an era, like you just said. This is when we look back at at the Black Lives Matter movement 20 years from now, this is the song that's going to soundtrack those memories. It's an an instantly iconic, brilliant, beautifully written, beautifully performed song. That's all I got to say about it. Your next song from Common, from All Right to The Light. Yeah, um... Jay Dilla, uh, R.I.P., one of the best producers uh, in hip-hop history, uh, produced this song. And it, it's got the best hi-hat and snare sound I've heard in a, in a hip-hop sample. I probably, in hindsight, would have put this a little bit lower if I were to redo the list now. But it's got a great sample. Common does his thing on it. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful ode to love. And uh, uh, skip the chorus. I ain't seen you in a minute. It's like 10 seconds, 15 seconds. All right. Hold on. Here we go. It's coming up right now. Artificial intelligence, baby. It's a, it's, a, it's a really good, feel-good song that has stuck with me since it came out. And um, there's even if, even if I never loved it as much as I've loved other songs, the fact that I've consistently loved it the entire time since it's been out uh, it says something. Computer learning. <laughs> Mance, your next song is from Matt's new favorite band, Bon Iver. Hollow scene. Artificial intelligence. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing over there. Common's all about the AI, man. Is he? He's getting, oh, yeah, he's getting he's the AI. Commer- the commercial. Yeah, he's, yeah. Per- he's making you friendly with robots. Yeah. Um, don't be afraid. Yeah, this is common. This, this is a fear. <laughs> Artificial intelligence. Computers are our friend. AI. Bon, bon, bon Iver is a very. Uh, <laughs> he, he's a very atmospheric artist. He just puts you in a mood, and this is a beautiful song. And it's got this like wonderful brush drum that comes in, and I love this guitar riff. Sounds like it's uh, played on a like a harpsichord, but it's or not a harpsichord on a harp, but it's not. It's just a plain old acoustic guitar. Do you and mean to tell me that harp is not short for harpsichord? No, harpsichord is that's like a different the, instrument. Harpsichord is like the <laughs> piano. It's what? Like, it's, it's, it's a it's in the piano family. Well, you don't know what a harpsichord. Why is? are they making it so <laughs> difficult for me? I don't think they're making harpsichords anymore. <laughs> All right, no, wait a minute. Like, so what is harp short this for? This really pretty. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you like the Sun Kill Moon stuff that, and like the Mark Kozelik solo stuff? Because that sounds a lot of that shit sounds exactly like this. He doesn't have this voice though. No. Like the but I, like, like I, we, talked, know? we talked about this one time. I forget what song of his you shared over text. But I was like, I really like this guitar. I really like the guitar line. But it's him. It's him that bothers me. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Did you go on your Kozelic deep dive yet? No. no. Is it Kozelic or Kozelic? I mean, man, I don't know. It's right, Chrissy yeah, yeah. Teigen all over again. <laughs> actually, actually Kozelic. Okay. Because in the one song, he's like, he's like, my name's Kozelic, and I am, <laughs> and I have Polish ancestry. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that's what it's talking love, about. Love, 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 red borscht. <laughs> I do that all the time, man, when I'm, when, you know, if I'm 
I'm, uh, uh, you know, I would, I would say my name and ever. Uh, what the fuck am I talking? Hey, yeah, stop, Bob. <laughs> what is happening? All right, we can, we, we can go on. <laughs> what? My brain is melting. That's <laughs> yeah, your number twelve, Aesop Rock, Daylight. Another song like the common song that if it's never been one of my favorite songs of all time, it's always been from the moment I've heard it, it's been uh, a song that I've loved consistently over the last. I think this came out in 2001. I think I think this has been a song that I've loved for like 18 years. Is it Labor Days? Labor Days, yeah. And he just spits. Like this, he just spits on this song. You just, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, I hate to use the term banger, but that's what it is. Do you think ASAP Rocky is bullshit? Yes. This came out one week after 9-11. Yeah, okay, so 2001, yeah. Like, but I have, in general, I have a soft spot for this type of hip-hop, and so this just hits a sweet spot for me. He never lets up over the three minutes of this song, you know, however long this song is. He just spits like this the entire time. Four and a half minutes. Yeah. Man, your, fi- your final song in this l- group is This Is The Dream Of Evan and Sham by Dintel. Dintel? Dintel, yeah. This is, uh, so Dintel is the producer who uh, formed one half of the Postal Service, and he enlisted Ben Gibbard from Death Cab for Cutie to do this song. Sounds great so far. And this song, <laughs> this song is what spawned the Postal Service. So I won't get into uh, I won't get into we covered the Postal Skip Service. Skip ahead to the music part. Yeah. I think okay. it's actually pronounced the Postal Service. <laughs> <laughs> so is, that, is that Ben Gibbard singing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love the 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 big. It's kind of got like a big band beat. With that atmospheric sound in the background and his vocals, I just think it's a really pretty song. I'm all for melodrama too in music. Bob is a, a, a sneak peek to one of my top five songs. Bob, you're number fifteen. A band I don't know. Elf Power. Nothing's yeah. going to happen. Elf Power. Yeah, this is a cover of a uh, Tall Dwarves song. Get that Elephant Six action in here. Yeah, that's right. Um. Yeah, I, I, I like that there's the idea of this anti-climax, right? Nothing's going to happen. Like, the song builds um, through things like counting and through going through the alphabet. Uh, but and, and it builds towards, it seems like it's building towards something, but then the, the point is nothing's going to happen, which is like so much of drama that exists in life is like, is like oh, wow, all that tension that I had in my body was over absolutely nothing because nothing's going to happen. You can be like... The outcome to 80% of all things is nothing's going to happen. So maybe stop sweating that stuff. Uh, yeah, it's a good song. It's a good song. I think the lyrics are mostly nonsense, though. You look like you're going to say something, Joey. We'll go to the next song if you're ready. How do you guys feel? You want to go to the next song? We're going to do this? Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Move on. Another Rilo Kylie song that I love, Portions for Foxes. Probably should have had this on my list. Well, Number this feels 14. like the big hit to me. I don't think that it actually is. I think, I think, I think, with arms outstretched is a song that people know. Um, but this feels like it would have should should have been a radio hit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Great chorus. Talking leads to touching. Touching leads to sex. Yep. Then there's no mystery left. Yep. Yeah. 
uh, Jenny Lewis is one of the great. Uh, she's a great songwriter. Yeah, she is. Um, there's blood in my mouth because I've been biting my tongue all week. That's fucking awesome. That's you keep a great on talking lyric. trash, but you'll never say anything. Yeah, she's she's fantastic. Um, I'll root for her until either I'm dead or she's dead. I hope it's you first. Me too. No offense. <laughs> well, I don't. <laughs> well, we got two to one in favor of Jenny Lewis. So I think. Sorry, Bob. But yeah, this should have been a hit. I don't even know this song. I remember. I, I think I saw it. I saw what it year on, was this? on uh, what, what year is this, Joey? So, Spotify on the iPhone shows years. Spotify on the iPad does not. Anyway, I saw them play this song on, on like, Conan or Letterman or, or one of those shows. Uh, which is how... 2004. That is how I got into Rilo Kiley. And then I learned that Jenny Lewis was the girl from The Wizard. And, uh... And you still... You've had a boner ever since. Well, don't say that, because she was a little girl in The Wizard. The guitarist uh, in this band... you were a little boy when you watched The Wizard. This, I'm just going to ignore it's not Joey. <laughs> the the, the guitarist, the guitarist in this band. Did worse. you ever watch the show "Salute Your Shorts" on Nickelodeon? Yeah, he was on that. No kidding. Yeah, it's a band of child actors. You know, Donkey Lips came into the to the Rite Aid that I worked at when I was in Los Angeles, and he was wearing a Raiders jersey, and he just wanted to talk to me about football. He like stood there with a line for him behind him, and he was just like telling me about the football game that he'd just been at. I didn't acknowledge who he was, but. He seemed really nice. Hey, donkey lips, scram, kick rocks. I didn't say it to him. Number Why would I? Thirteen again. The thermals, no culture icons. Didn't we just talk about them? Dirty. A little while ago. How was that right? Yeah. But I've heard a lot of songs where like every word sounded like that. <laughs> this so, is like, one of them. I'm like, um, washing over me like a cold. This song's wave. like two minutes long. I think it is a mission statement for the band because the idea of like no culture icons is beautiful in a way. Cause it's like it's like quit worshiping stuff, man. Just be your own thing. That's like the opposite of what we're doing here right now, in which we're making icons. But whatever. Um, no, we're better than all these people. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, Why else could we criticize them? I love I I, I love this song deeply. And it's, I think, the highest-ranking song that is, like, kind of punk. Probably. No getting psyched on, no culture icons. All right, next. Bob, you're number 12 off Kid Ang, How to Disappear Completely by Radiohead. Hmm. I must have been in some kind of mood when I put this on. <laughs> <laughs> this is not, like, I don't know where... Why I would pick this song out of all the Radiohead songs from this era? Have you well, read? So, have you read the, the Chuck Klosterman essay about Kid A and nine eleven? No, I worked with. Oh. It, it just it's it's a thing, but it's it's pretty much about any disaster. But it, you know, this came out a year before nine eleven, and yeah, he's like I predicted nine eleven. Well, not really, but go ahead, man. Wait, Chuck Klosterman thinks this predicted nine eleven? Does he yes. think Radiohead did nine eleven? I mean, maybe, probably. I don't think, no, his point wasn't <laughs> you know that, that it predicted 9 He who smelt it, <laughs> <laughs> it was that. It, Investigate Chuck Klosterman. <laughs> it was about the themes of the song, the, the album, yeah. reflecting the mood in the week following 9-11, about like the surge of, yeah. you got this guy doing think pieces on Jeff Tweedy, meanwhile, he's bringing down the Twin Towers, and I am sick and tired of it. Right. What do you want to say about Radiohead? <laughs> 
There's not the radio. There's not the. Oh, so I worked guitar. with the guy who was going through <laughs> a real public midlife crisis. Public uh, midlife crisis. Yeah, and this was back like you know when I would have my iPod connected to like the network of computers, and he would listen to my music, and like when I wouldn't have it plugged in, he's like, he's like that song that that what is that that Radiohead song? This one. He's like, you need it. You need it. I need that song available oh, at all times. <laughs> About this song. Yeah, like he used to call my desk and be like, "Hey, can you hook your iPod up? Like, I, I need, I need, I need to listen to that song." He's a junk when he's that picks. Yeah, this song, but this song. He's like, he's like that. There, that's not me. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Of all the songs on Kid A, I think this is the song the most. Is, like, you can like take your emotions and attach yeah, them to it yeah. and watch them like go oh, down yeah. the river. You know, so maybe, maybe that was probably the mood that I was in. Uh, opt, uh, optimistic. It, I'm not here. This isn't happening. Yeah. Fucking. Oof. All right, you know what? I've I've talked myself back into this song being the one that's this high. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bob, your next song is maybe the opposite of this song. Maybe. I also like how this one ends. It just kind of like just go to the very end. I could be wrong, actually. <laughs> I guess it does end kind of. We've seen this live, right? They've played this. I have. Yeah. I just say we because, like, most of my Radiohead shows have not been with Mance. That's not what I was thinking of, but it's okay. It's <laughs> a right. great ending, though. Yeah, Next song, is. Dead Prez, Hip Hop. Yeah. Second list it's been on. Who oh, is this here or are you? Me. One, two, one, two. Oh. I feel incredibly uncomfortable when I drive around listening to this song loudly. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things that is like... Uh, it's not for me. Yeah, it's it's specific to a culture, and it speaks very meaningfully within that culture. I listen to that fucking production, though. And also, it's triumphant in a way that is like... Like, take control. You know, uh, uh, be a revolutionary. Do you feel uncomfortable listening to, like, Kendrick Lamar real loud, too? No. But this is, like, a very explicitly, like, there's a line in this song. Um, uh, I forget the exact line. I'm down to run up on them crackers in the city hall. White folks say it controls your brain. I mean, But that makes it uncomfortable to, to play it, like... Like you're co-opting like, culture. like the idea that it gets not for you like where do you draw that line not that it's for me not not that it's not for me but I think that it's anti me yeah I don't know is? I don't know I don't I don't really necessarily see it that way no I think I, I think that M, M, M1 and Stickman are very like obviously very militant but I think they're for the betterment of, of, of their own community, and in doing so, there's like necessary criticism. When they, when I feel like like okay, so like when militant or radical black leftists talk about whiteness, they're not talking about like their neighbors. They're talking about like a system of power structures that that they're attacking. Like whiteness is is uh, a symbol. You know, it's not it's not a person. I mean, although you know everyone here inhabits whiteness and and. and Obviously, um, but well like documented, <laughs> but like they're cool. Like, like I, I, I don't think like you know they're not 
black Israelites or whatever. They're not going to like shout at us on the street. They're they're just like, you know, crit- critiquing the systems that have been right, right, right. That, that have you know made a concerted effort to destroy them. Uh, this is one of my favorite rap songs. Ever. Yeah. Matt, you're uh, number 15. We're going to skip again. Uh, be outcast. But number 14, we talked about it a little bit ago. Kanye West, Jesus Walks. It was my favorite Kanye song. All three of your heads are bouncing in sync. In, in sync. That is, that's just a good that's just a good song I also like listening to this because like he's singing from a perspective of someone who's not super famous yet yeah. it's always right. funny to compare yeah. that to what he's doing now that's also like the tragedy of of like an artist who is continually evolving because he is even though, even if we don't like where he's evolved yeah. to like you're never getting the song again for right, right, right. I don't even know if he has this in him anymore no nor do I think he wants yeah. and maybe he should but like for the fans like also this is from that, that's a joke from an Adam Sandler movie that yeah. jacked for that lyric wait I thought there was a South Park joke no it's, no, it's Billy Madison oh, 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 oh. Yeah. oh right you're no, right you're it's from right. Happy Gilmore yeah you're right yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I'm thinking the fish sticks thing. With my <laughs> Matt, your your next song is from an album we just talked about, Kid A, the national anthem by Radiohead. Not the highest Radiohead song on the list. Uh, they opened up so many concerts with this song when I when I was yeah, not a young man. It's a cooler opening than daydreaming, but they're into that emotional shit now. For like this I album like came it. out what 2000, so for 19 years, I've fantasized about playing this song live, full orchestration. Like it's not that hard to do. Like I always wished in high school, we figured out a way to just like at a talent show, get like the kids from from band and do the whole thing straight up. Like you could, you only need like six people, but you could do it. Yeah, it's not like, like Steve or Dylan couldn't play that bass, right? Yeah. Like all that shit, yeah. I think uh, it's weird. I don't. I, I have such a uh, there's a, there's a lot of songs on this album that I have direct uh, like emotional ties to, and, and that make me think of certain things when I when I hear it. And this one doesn't, but it's this high just because it's so awesome. Like it's just such a cool song. Sp- like specifically, like the the horn section. Like it's just I love it. And uh, I'll have more to say about this album later, even. So, Well, the horns really add to the chaos of this whole album. It's just like the, the cacophony of noise, and I don't know what's happening. I like how much time they take to get wherever they want to uh-huh. go on this album, too. Mm-hmm. Do you think if you play this at a talent show, people would give a shit, or would they just be like, I don't know, I don't know what this is? I think that groove is undeniable, so I think people would just be like... If you play this song well, it doesn't matter where you... What, what, doesn't matter, nothing else matters. Same can maybe be said about your next song. You gotta find somebody to sing like this. Already on another list. That's the difficulty, right? (laughs) Party Hard, Andrew WK. Now here's the best album cover with someone covered in blood. I can remember where I was the first time I heard this song, um, which is in uh, the backseat of your Volvo. (laughs) 
Like, was, was this on your list? When we were steaming yeah. up the windows. So, Mance, why is this not on your list? <laughs> He's not an Andrew WK guy. I, I honestly, I never got it. Like, I get it. Like, I, it's it's a fun, enjoyable song, but I never got the devotion that people have for it. Because he's, Which, a, it's not, you know. he's literally an ambassador of, of peace. Yeah, it's a relentless yeah. in the truest as, sense. As a person, it has it has transcended his like his fame. Like he's not really that famous anymore, right. but he's kind of become re-famous because he's stuck to his guns the whole time. Yeah. My, my Andrew WK story is that I used to work at the art center, and I worked at Ozfest, and Ozfest was like a twelve-hour day, so I assumed I was. A, Allowed a long lunch break because I was working 12 hours. So I took my lunch break and I was walking past the concourse, and there's Andrew WK booth set up, like giving free autographs. And I was just like, fucking hey, I'm getting in line. I'm kind of in line. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting. Well, that's not that long, but it's taking forever because Andrew WK holds court with you for as long as you want to talk to him when you go up and talk to him because he's. That's how he is. And I'm standing there and waiting and waiting. And I'm like, fuck. I'm getting, I'm getting like, I'm getting to be like, more than an hour here and I'm standing here and at one, like at one point I'm like three people away and my boss comes walking by and just sees me and he doesn't break stride but he just looks at me as he walks past <laughs> and I was like oh fuck so I finally got to meet Andrew WK and I was like oh man like I've been waiting this whole time but like my boss just walked past like, I, I gotta get back to work I can't like I can't stand here and talk to you and he was just like alright man what do you got and I, I was smoking at the time and I had camel Turkish golds and he signed Andrew WK party hard work hard <laughs> and I had it on my uh, bookshelf in, in, in my basement for a while. But anyway, so I got fired on the spot. <laughs> as soon as I got back to the desk. So you should have taken your took time. Took me down, fired me. And, y- you know, you wear like a college shirt that shows that you're like down with the, the vendors and all. Yeah. And he was just like, you need to take your shirt off. I didn't bring another shirt, so I'm standing there in this garage that he uses his office with no shirt while Ozzy is like blaring <laughs> in the distance like, Fraser! And I'm standing there with no shirt. So he gave me a bootleg uh, tie-dye John Mellencamp, like 4XT that he confiscated <laughs> from a bootlegger in the parking lot, and I had to wear that home. And I and I jerked off onto that T-shirt like for years. <laughs> <laughs> so I won. Right. Matt, your, your next song—I don't know how you can top that story—but your next song is by a band named Wussy. Not the last time we'll hear them tonight. Airborne. <laughs> it's so funny because. That song was like one second away from that day. <laughs> this is the most underappreciated band going right now. Robert Christgau. You ever read his reviews? Yeah. Just for, it's, it's, it's the most fun. But he's a huge, huge like champion of this band. And uh, I just am in 100%. This, this is from the first album. Do you know anything about this band? This dude Chuck Cleaver, he's like a, just like a big, he's like a stonemason because like they're like a blue collar band. They don't, they still have their their you know day to day jobs and all. He's like a stonemason. He was in the Ass Ponies, and then so he started Sorry, the Ass Ponies. The ass Ponies, yeah, they're, they're like a since he's from, they're all from Cincinnati, and he, that was like a Cincinnati band. They had like one kind of like minor hit, but so it's it's him and Lisa is the other singer, and they were married for a while. Your wife Lisa? No, but. Coincidental name, and uh, this song is about uh, them splitting up their stuff, and like the the it sounds like a musical, like yeah. a song for musical. 
you did not even send me airborne anyway. Why in the world I stuck around? It's hard to say. Like they're justifying after the fact. But 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 the dynamic is that they got divorced and they stayed in the band and they kept writing songs about their divorce and their relationship and and they put out like literally like perfect. They put out like six perfect albums, just one after the other, and like. This is what I have them at uh, number eleven, and there's like another one to come. Like they're they they are one of the best bands going right now, and I, and I just implore everyone to listen to them all the time. Nancy, your number ten is from a band that we've talked about a couple times recently: LCD Sound System, All My Friends. Yeah, um, this is uh, the cliche LCD Sound System song. Like this is what he closes all of his concerts with. It's the obvious, like if you're an LCD sound system fan, it's the obvious choice for uh, your favorite song of his. And sometimes that's, you know, the case because that's actually like the, the, the song that everybody loves is actually the best song. And that's that's the case with this one. There's a reason why he closes every show with it, because uh, it's it's. It's a song that people have like bonded over. It's it's uh, sure. ly- lyrically it's about getting older and um and and the people in your life and how the true ones stick around and you still find time to 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 you know be young together even as you get older and um i've seen him now three times or four times live and every time i've seen him when he does this song people like get arm in arm and hug and like sing the lot sing the lyrics to each other and like it's a moving experience and musically it's just a song that again like for a few songs that we've talked about here just propels forward and forward and forward and forward until the climax of the song you know where you know he ends with if i could if i could see all my friends tonight and um it's it's a very communal experience seeing him perform it live with a group of people and it's um, it's added a lot of meaning to the song. For me. I feel like I feel like I have a memory of you playing this song on the piano, like real slow and quiet, and singing it kind of whispery. That's probably that's probably accurate. Yeah, yeah. You know, we I just, love it. You're, you're just talking about on National Anthem how you liked that radio had took its time to get where it needed to be. Like that's right. That was a minute twenty in before yeah. you even like start singing. So yeah. it also is a great line. Um, we set controls for the heart of the sun. One of the ways that we show our age, which you know, it basically means like we overcompensate for how old we're getting by going too hard and regretting it the next day. Man, you have to help me with the, the how do you pronounce the next band? Uh, Reflection Eternal. Oh, New Jobbies. Yeah, New Jobbies. Uh, Nick turned me on to New Jobbies when he and Dylan, our friends Nick and Dylan, moved to Japan. New Jobbies is a departed R.I.P. Uh, hip-hop producer who is Japanese and he plays all this piano like this is basically what he sounds like he puts hip-hop beats behind like ja- smooth jazz piano and instead of sampling the piano like that's him playing it and all of these songs are just like beautiful uh, compositions uh, this one you know has uh, uh, you, know, you can hear how 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 gorgeous the piano and the drum beat is and then he's got this woman he samples this woman singing um you're a flower you're a river you're a rainbow over and over and it's so gentle and peaceful and wonderful uh before we move on to the next song i, w- I just want to say it said controls for the heart of the sun is the name of a pink floyd song so i didn't get that reference yeah I, it sounded familiar to me so i googled it but... okay 
Number eight, another Titus Andronicus shout out round. Um, yeah, in more perfect union. Before we, you can play it, but um, I encourage New Jobbies is not easy to find. His music isn't easy to find in America, but I implore all twenty six people who are listening to this uh, partial downloads. Well, it's on Spotify. Partial downloads to it is it now it never used to be i just played it from spotify okay yeah listen to him he's he he passed away a few years ago in a car crash and his music is a treasure and i want people to continue listening to him um you're gonna have to skip ahead to like a minute into this song uh this is off their epic you know they made like a concept album uh the monitor that that frames a breakup in civil war terms it, it's a, it correlates a breakup of a relationship with the civil war and includes like that spoken word opener it was abraham lincoln um it's it's an epic like rock opera which could be could go so wrong in so many other hands but in this band they just pull it off hey yeah, that sounds like a minefield of a concept like my having relating a relationship to the civil war there's too too, too many yeah. traps in there for, for me. My love is like Antietam. Your next song by The No Hold Twist? The Not Twist. The Not Twist, Consequence, number seven. It's giving you some trouble with these pronunciations. This is another band that I played all the time when I lived with Bob That's in right. college. Got nothing really uh, eloquent to say about this band. I just think this is a really pretty song. This used to be a death metal band, and then they totally pivoted from Germany. They pivoted all the way up to number seven on your list. That's some pivot. It sounds like that. Jeremy pivot. Hey, let the lyrics come in. It's just a couple seconds. Your last song in this batch is RJD2 with Work, number six on your list. Now, this is how you sample a song, and and I forget the name of the original that, that the vocals come from, but he just takes the vocals and completely reframes them around. He samples other songs to put together the instrumental. He, he takes all of these disparate things that were all their own thing and builds something completely new out of it, which is... He he just reconstructs the song that this vocals from in in such an incredible way. Um, yeah, uh, it's a the the, the original RJD two. I don't know the original. I've heard the original, but I forget who the artist is who does it. But um, I like RJD 2s reworking of it better than the original. He did the Mad Men theme. He did do the Mad Men theme. Yeah. Bob, you're number what 10. do you think about Mad Men? Uh, best dramatic show ever in the history of Woo! Fucking A. Like, I'm still in season best two. Best final moments of any show ever? In the, in the, like, with no the spoilers, no spoilers. Thing? Controversial. Oh. The final season as a whole is really good, but yeah, yeah. the final episode is great. Yeah. It's brilliant. That whole show is. No, no I've never seen no anything wrapped up, wrapped up in, in that kind of way. It was so I'll get good. to it this year. No wrong moves, man. That was a show that I had to stop watching because I got too depressed watching it. Yeah, it's fair. It gets really, it gets funnier as, as it goes along. It gets, it gets more intense but too, but it's it, it rough mostly early. gets funnier. 
Pop your number 10, Silver Mount Zion with God Bless Our Dead Marines. Yeah. Um, this song's really, really intense. Ephraim Minuk is the singer of this band. It's made up from pieces of Godspeed You Black Emperor. It's almost 12 minutes long. Yeah, his his voice is kind of like grating. It's not it's not like pretty by any means, but they, they there's a crescendo to this song that is sort of remarkable and he is the lyrics are really political and also like very poetic and, and unique. No one no one writes lyrics like like this guy. Uh, jump ahead to like five minutes or something. I don't I don't have a timestamp on it. It's like a bunch of different songs in one. Yeah. Okay. This is the part that I wanted. I nailed it. I went five and a half in. I just figured mix it up a little bit and keep it fresh. Good job. He's just he's just listing the way that he's lost friends over the course of his life. Lost a friend to oceans, lost a friend to hills, lost a friend to suicide, lost a friend to pills. It's it's very like uh, it's a bummer, man. You don't like don't listen to the song by yourself. Uh, there is a suicide prevention hotline out there. Maybe I was underestimating the mountains after all. The what? The mountains. <laughs> <laughs> I think I may have been an off mic combo. <laughs> Makes no sense. Number nine. Oh, are we boring you? <laughs> Bob's watching. Uh, Bob's watching uh, cute cat videos on his phone. Tom. <laughs> oh, it's happening. It's happening. It's just Tom. <laughs> Number nine. Oasis. Stop crying your heart out. This is from an album called Heathen Chemistry that got a 0.2 on Pitchfork. Oh. Fuck Pitchfork. Yeah, they're wrong. It's a, they're a bad site. It's at least a 0.3. They're, bu- they're based on a bad premise. Yeah. Yeah, but this song is very... Um, I love it. And uh, when I was just out of high school... A friend of mine had a crush on this waitress at this diner that we went to all of the time. And he was, like, really, really into her. And he spent a year talking to her and trying really hard to, like, to earn her her, uh, affection. And uh, he, one day after a year of all this, he got up the guts and he went and he fucking asked her out and she just shot him down cold. And so we go out to the car, and he sits in this. He sits in the back seat, and he's so bummed, like he might even be crying. He's just so like, like devastated, and like as a funny joke, I put this song on. <laughs> and uh, I, he, he might. I, I'm, I don't know if he remembers that moment, but I remember it as being a like too far, possibly too far. <laughs> Shouldn't have done that mean thing. Like you said, sometimes you want to retreat into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't force other people to retreat into <laughs> No, that's not, yeah, that, yeah, that's not your decision to make. Pop, your number eight is from a band that we've talked about a couple times tonight. Also, Spiritualize with Don't Just Do Something. Yeah, this yeah. is my favorite Spiritualize song. I, we talked literally earlier about how, like, this album... No, I was talking... Were we talking about Spiritualize? Yeah, we were talking yep. about albums that saved my life? Yeah, Stop Crying, yeah. Stop Your Crying. Man... 
I was, you know, wearing the, these headphones with my disc man, unloading trucks at Rite Aid, walking to and from work, losing weight, being depressed, shitting blood. It's just like fucking just the worst time in my entire life. And uh, you're supposed to do better than that. By that point in your life, when I was like 22, 23, like you're just supposed to be doing better than that. And I would just listen to this fucking song about like, don't just do something, you know, stay in bed. I was just like, talk about like a song that is just like, in, in, like talking your feelings out, you know? I don't know. You know, you love this song too, right? I do, yeah. Uh, it was hard to pick a song from this album to include, and this was one of the ones that I considered too. He's another one. I forget who we were talking about. Uh, oh, it was actually Tyler, the creator, on a completely opposite musical spectrum, but who was so comfortable being vulnerable about his flaws that's and right, his yeah. faults, and that's Jason. Yeah. That's, uh, that, that's this guy to it. He's also, I, I think, like, he's also in a groundbreaking band of the Spaceman Three, yeah. but before this band, and and just like him and that other dude, Sonic Boom, like they created like guitar rock that was so like dense and wall of soundy that it, it it's very intense to listen to. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is emotionally raw, and uh, I had a great idea, but never mind. Yeah. The next song is emotional for different reasons, and not the reasons that I think we're gonna we're gonna talk about. But go go to the next song. Don't stop or we'll die once in a while. Harris Whittles, Paul Rust. Oh wow. Michael Cassidy. Too. I didn't know Harris Whittles recorded music. He's a drummer, and it's it's fucking cool too. Um, What's his band? Don't stop or we'll die. That's the name of the band. So they're like kind of a joke band. Like they have a song called uh, "She's Got Titties in All the Right Places" and things like and things like that. There is no active joke in this song, though. Take me out um, it's just like a power pop song. If anything, the joke is that he's maybe singing from the perspective of a woman. That's not a joke, though. The reason why this song is so high on my list is that it enumerates my personal flaws as a partner so accurately that like it is just like bruising this idea of like like I know there's a, a, a young man deep inside of you so take him out once in a while like if Kristen and I have fights it is always because I have settled into not being adventurous and she just like wants to do all the, and I've like disappointed her so much on that front that it's like this song just like it's so like it has my number and I don't like that it hurts me but it's also just a great the great power pop song and it does a cool Weezer type thing at the end where they do like skip ahead to the I mean the end is very soon Yeah. Okay. What do we have? One more that I'm not. We got one more that we got Matt. Not emotionally attached to this song at all. So just it's just haunting and badass. Featuring Eminem, the notorious B.I.J. 
That's not production. Oh, yeah, no. This is the best verse that Eminem ever did. It does include some homophobia, unfortunately. There's seven different levels. It's par for the course, right? Yeah, that sucks. Has any rapper who's been who's who was at one point considered one of the greatest of all time aged as poorly as Eminem? Like, I don't know that he's aged that poorly. He's aged very poorly. He, yeah, he hasn't had a, his music. Who? You, you're talking about the, new, the music Eminem. he's making now, or the, the how has help music held up over the both. years? Both. I think both. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think a lot of people now I are like looking that pissed off ass anti-Trump rant he went on. Yeah, that was cool. I, I, I thought this one. I, I don't want to make a, a a Biggie song all about Eminem because like, um, he's incredible in this song and and yeah, he's he's fantastic. Um, but students still love Eminem. If I go around to rooms asking like what music people like, inevitably people say Eminem, and I'm just like, why? What are you doing? There's so much good music out there. It's a combination of House of Pain and Bobby Brown. I was humping around and jumping around. I like it. And I bust three way. I don't like that part as much. <laughs> I don't have a timestamp for the Eminem thing. So we can... it's coming in after this chorus. We're also going to take a quick commercial break after this, so I can get some more juice. All right. But we're gonna so we're gonna wait for the Eminem verse to come in and ride out on him. Imagine you like running to the corner store for some juice. <laughs> I thought it was <laughs> and we're back. One, one word, kind of. Hey, Elton John said it was okay. <laughs> like seven minutes into the first Fast and Furious movie, like somebody calls Paul Walker's character a hard F. It's just like, how are you going to firmly date yourself in 2001 like that? It was thrown around. It was thrown around a lot. I said faggot a lot. I did. I, I said it a lot, and I and I stopped. Until just now. Until just now, right. But that's the word we're talking about. Now he's about. falling off the wagon. He's, he's back to no, I don't. I don't like saying it at all. I don't. We're resetting the days since incident. I, rem- I remember like, I remember Artie Lang had like a thing about, about how he stopped using it. Because he's like, you know, he's like, you know, I, I always thought like, you know, they knew what I was talking about. I, I, didn't, I wasn't anti-gay or anything. But if I hurt one person by saying that, he's like, it makes no sense for me. And, and I thought like, I always thought like Artie Lang, here's a dude who's always going to be like, not overly like uh, sensitive about right, right. political stuff, but to, for him to be like, there's no excuse for it. I was like, okay, so everyone's gonna stop saying it. Vardy Lang, fucking <laughs> stop saying it. Like, there's no excuse for anyone else to say it. Matt, your number ten song of the 2000s so far, "Small Plane" by Bill Callahan. Billy from Smog, right? Yeah, I had to be of use on I think the last list, and maybe I axed it. And Matt, just so you know, your top ten are entirely yours. There's no crossover whatsoever. That's good because I got I got totally pantsed last time through. You did. 
which is why we changed the <laughs> like I would die for you like number 89 <laughs> or something like that here's my yeah. thoughts on this mediocre song yeah yeah no this is straight up uh, personal I mean it's a it's a it's a gorgeous song and this guy is a hell of a songwriter this album's amazing I really like the first song on here where he's like the only word the only two words I've said today are beer and thank you and then he just goes like beer thank you <laughs> it's really great but this song it it just it, it is a straightforward uh, metaphor of a relationship in a family as flying a small plane and it's just about like that couldn't possibly be being grateful so grateful for what you have and like being a family man now like shit like this it's just right hits me right in the heart and it's how I feel all the time and when you hear a song that is kind of like a prayer to you you remember to like be grateful it's good that is tremendously beautiful what you just said and I'm gonna ruin it by saying <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you know his song to be of use no I, I, I don't really know Smog only that I started here and I'm kind of working back so it, ha- it has like what I what sounds like a, a trashy lyric but it's something that like I find incredibly beautiful and I think this is exactly the kind of thing that he does but the opening lyric to that to that song is uh, most of my fantasies are about making someone else come <laughs> Which is like, but that's like, there's, and it's just like about like wanting to like be a tool, like wanting to be like something that is useful to other people instead of just being useful to yourself in a very like, in a much dirtier way than what you're talking about. But it is still like, like a a beautiful and selfless. Yeah. Yeah. Number nine, a very, very different song. Work It by Missy (laughs) Elliott. Yeah. Yeah. It's not quite a seamless crossfading here, but woo! I mean, that's it. Timbaland. That's it. This feels like a, a snub on my part. Like, th- like when we started this whole idea, it was because Rolling Stone put their list yeah. together, and there were a few songs that I, I looked at their list and I was like, oh yeah, like. You know, at this era, I was anti, like, mainstream fully, you know, in college and out of college and, like, trying to be, like, you know, an edgelord, as they call it now. But, like, it helped me remember a lot of these, like, big pop hits, and this one especially. This song just fucking kicks ass off. It's it's ridiculous. Thong, donka donk, all that shit, like... All the fucking Chinese part where she's doing the chicken joint to Chang, all that shit. Like, this song's fucked up. You got a big elephant sound effect. Like, all that shit. Like, it's a ridiculous song, but it's, like, the best beat ever. Yeah, her music is is insane like that. It's, like, all over the place, and she takes a lot of chances. And she's confident as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Timbaland, like... Puts those weird, like the woo, like those weird, you know, little bells and whistles in, and uh, it all works together. It's like chaos. It, it sounds like chaos. Yeah, it, it's just an instance of a producer and a performer being like yeah, totally yeah. on the same page and working with each other like really perfectly and coming up with something fucking nuts and super, super catchy. And it shit's from fucking 2002. Yeah. Next Close one, 9/11. Next you might need to help me with this one, Matt. By Bibio, a tout la hure. Hey, you're the French expert over here, Bob. Tom. I don't know. Joey? A tout la hure. 
No, not me. This is a good song, though. Yeah. No, c'est moi. Another song that, like, uh, just kind of found randomly and did something sonically that I just was not used to hearing in music and just made me feel really relaxed and euphoric. I never heard of this song before. It's cool. He's a good producer. Certain music, you know, it when it hits your ear a certain way, it just like is. There's nothing that can make you smile quite the same way. Amen. And your next song for the third time tonight. Who <laughs> said that? Problematic. <laughs> Ah, R. Kelly once again with the remix to Ignition. I don't know what I, I don't know what I'm supposed to say here. <laughs> it's the best R&B song of the last 25 years. You're not wrong. I don't, I, I don't think, Tom doesn't like it. I've I've, I've never I, forget as a person. I've never gotten into R. Kelly's music. I never liked it. I never thought. I never saw it. I have two arc personally. This whole album's great. Chocolate Factory. Mm-hmm. Song Chocolate Factory is great. It's sort of interesting because, like, they're walking into a party that he's describing. I like that part a lot. The bounce, 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 bounce part. But he's walking into a party where they're playing the song on the radio that is commenting on the party that they've just walked into. It's very... It's a bit like that story that Matt told before about... Uh, I forget what that was. Uh, sorry, I ruined my own joke because I can't remember Mr. what that story M. was about. Mr. M. Yeah. <laughs> Number six, six sing along. Here's another one that uh, is a song that, a cover song that improves on the original. With for me personally, the chasm being the, the greatest chasm. Charles Bradley was. I love Black Sabbath. Changes. I don't know what that's all. That, that song's supposed to be. Theme from Big Mouth. Theme from Barry. Is it for Barry too? Not Charles Bradley oh, no, does it, but it's not Changes. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he does. He, this is Charles the best Bradley cover song I've ever heard. This cover, yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. And and at his age, this song's about his mom. His mom had just died, and he wrote this about his mom. Oh wow. I mean, he's like 70. (laughs) (laughs) He could mean like, you know, his example of what a woman should be. Yes, that's what people mean when they say... That's what Ozzy meant when he wrote it. (laughs) Like, that's the thing. This song is so stupid when Ozzy sings it, and this guy just makes it... An incredible, an incredible. Sl- I just spit my toothpick out. <laughs> it's becoming gelatinous. I've been, I've been <laughs> That's had a toothpick at, hanging out of his mouth 
for like six hours now. You may have it's heard it in his constant lisping. <laughs> it's liquefying my mouth. <laughs> All right, time for the top five. Remember, we, the top five, we changed it up. We go five, 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 four, oh, four, four. Do we? That's good. Yeah, like Number it. five for Tom Mance, already previously, I think, on Bob's Reckoner by Radiohead. I never thought, uh, you know, we're all big radio fan, Radiohead fans here, as we've discussed. I never thought that a song would overtake Let Down as my favorite Radiohead song. And then this song came along. I love, it sounds like a wave. It sounds like you're on a wave. And I know that that comes across as corny, but that's exactly what the what that cymbal crashing and the this like liquid guitar line. This is a fucking dance album, man. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you can dance yeah. to all these songs. I was showing Lindsay uh, the Lotus Flower, well, it's a different album, but the Lotus Flower video. Oh, yeah. And yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah. This is a, a I loose. This was no, this is a loose like jam. You know, it's a jam song. What's your favorite? This is my favorite Radiohead song. And they play it live often enough. It's just, you know, it's not like my favorite Radiohead song, which I'm never going to hear them play. His vocals uh, are beautiful. I mean, you had this on your list too, right? What, yeah. Uh, it's mostly about the groove. Um, yeah. and, and you've got Tom Eric now in this. I'm not going to do singing because I can't do, I can't play. I got a terrible voice. But he gets in this like ethereal thing where yeah. it's like he's not even saying words anymore. He's just kind of like stretching yeah, yeah, sounds yeah, out yeah, 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 and yeah. letting them float around. Yeah. And he does that on this album, but he's doing it more and more. Yeah. Um, walking away from like lyrics and more into just like here's sonically whatever I feel like doing with my voice at the moment. Right. And, and it works. Approximates a, a, a word here and there. Who's ready his drummer? Because that dude's underrated. Phil Selway. He's underrated, man. And, and then he live, does some, he live does they bring in the drummer from Portishead, too. He does some right he's, on shit. He's also good at like a folk album, I think, yeah, that he put out. He does. Maybe that's good. I don't know. Never listened to it. Yeah, All right, Bob, you're number five by AJJ Small Red Boy. All right, look. Um, <laughs> Who? Uh, Andrew, they were used to be oh, called Andrew, Andrew Jackson, Jackson Jihad. Jihad. Yeah, yeah. They, changed, they changed the band name to AJJ. Okay. So as to not deal with. Yeah. So this song is uh, about. Uh, I think. I think this is what it's about. Um, like nurturing a part of yourself that needs to be nurtured and letting it grow to the point where it can. You can let your actual desires and the things that you care about free. Um, we're gonna listen to almost a full minute here uh, before I talk about it again. So can you cut? Can you go to uh, uh, four minutes in? Okay, that is the manifesto for whatever comes from this point forth in America. No more shame, no more fear, no more dread. If you want to survive from this point forth, you have to inoculate yourself against that bullshit. Do not be ashamed of, of, of yourself and who you are. And we have to 
like we have to protect each other from exactly that sort of thing. Don't let people be embarrassed. Don't let people be ashamed. Don't let people feel fear or dread over things that are innate to their being. And, you know, like, like just like protect the person that we have to grow inside of us and, and nurture those things so that we can like survive as a culture because we're trying to kill that right now and we've got to stop. And that's that like, like that's the future to me. And that's the best song that Andrew Jackson, Jihad, AJJ, whatever has, has ever written. It's on an album that's not as good as their other albums, but like that song is like, feels like someone just like paving the way for the future and how to be emotionally healthy in whatever America comes next. Matt, your number five here. is the final instance of a ween song on here. Stay forever off white pepper. This is my wedding song. So and it's only number five. <laughs> yeah, and the next song's real real. I bold. married my best friend and I'm together with her forever, but I like four other songs more <laughs> than this. Yeah, but you know. Like like I like this song a lot more because it's my wedding song than I would normally. It's a great song. But it's it's our song. And just in the context of Ween, like this was a song that he wrote to say I love you to someone. And the idea that seeing like as long as you feel the same way, you know, I'll stay forever. It's just like, it's pretty on the nose. It's just a really pretty song. I think that I kept this song off my list because I knew that it was going to be on yours and I wanted you to have it. <laughs> Give oh, this one you. to Matt. You're welcome. Matt's your number four. It's really sincere. By Wilco, Jesus, etc. Once again, off Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Matt brought up a lot of things in a previous episode. Um, everything he said about Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, I completely echo. I had the same exact experience with it. And um, it came at a time for me when I was like listening. I was, I was discovering a lot of different music that I'd never thought to listen to before, types of music. And, and Wilco was... Uh, Radiohead was kind of like the band that... that sparked that in me but Wilco was like one of the direct descendants that I went to because somebody told me that Yankee Hotel Foxtrot was like a okay computer of folk and Americana music and uh, anyway um, this is just a smoky uh, really pretty song whenever I, I think of Yankee Hotel Foxtrot uh, the, the song that I, that, that sticks with me. The first song that comes to mind is this one. And um, you know, I think that means something. That's a beautiful song. Yeah. Our next song, The Wait Is Finally Over. Are we back to me already? I feel like I just ran that for like 20 minutes. This is now the second song, the third instance of the second song on all three, thris, all three lists. Outcast. There they are. Bombs over Baghdad. It's so fast. I, there's no match for these guys. One, nine, nine, nine. 
I've gotten so exhausted while dancing to this song and then thinking like, well, but they're actually doing rapping. Like, yeah. how, are, yeah. how, how are they doing that when I'm like... Yeah. It's, just, it's a non-stop assault. This, this song hasn't shown a fucking, like, scratch no. in 20 no. years. No. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Before the Iraq War. It's pre-9-11 shit. So in the 80s and 90s, you had three songs crossed over. You had a Prince song, a Jeff Buckley song, and an R.E.M. song. They're talking head song. Yeah. 2000s, you only had one band crossover twice. Just outcast. Right. It's shocking to me, though, because this is like, I, I know that we have so many things in common that it feels like we would have so many more. We may as well have had a Radiohead song. Right? Just yeah. that they had a lot yeah. of songs. Like, right. a mean, too. It's, yeah, there's, it's, oh, well, not time. Never mind. Just us, too. But I feel like there's not even that much one-to-one crossover. Well, I said that there's about as much crossover in this set as there were in the 80s and 90s. Okay. Is it equally distributed? Last time it was exactly equally distributed, like seven, seven, seven. I yeah. Think. So last time, Matt and Man shared seven. Matt and Bob shared seven. Bob and Man shared nine. This time, Matt and Man shared four. Matt and Bob shared two. Bob and Man shared twelve. Oh, you guys! It, feel, it feels like you guys blown me out. Of Seems the a lot. That's why I wanted to switch seats. I'm on the other side of the table. You guys are together. I feel Plus like I'm the two outcast songs are not in there. All right, Matt, your next song, number four, Farewell Transmission by Songs, Ohio. Jason Molina, you guys ever... Yeah, I mean, this song just, like, rips your face off. So he, he eventually drank himself to death. That's, like, a pretty young Wait, guy. He, he's dead? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, the song's called Farewell Transmission, and it just, like, it's about, like, a lot of, like, underground imagery, like, working, like, working hard and just, like, being tired. But as a song, it's, it's a perfect song. Its structure is a little off-kilter, but every section is unique and, and great. His voice is, like, Haunting and, and beautiful. It's re- and it's really like emotionally cathartic. There's a part. Uh, there's a there's a lyric where he says, uh, "Just lower it for, for one second, just like a touch." I gotta look it up. Make it louder again. Sorry. I'm unfamiliar with this band. You know them? I've traces, but not a lot. I like it. What I hear. This is when I when I looked at Matt's list six months ago or whatever. I was just like, I I don't know so many of these bands. There's a line where he goes, "The real truth about it is, no one gets it right. The real truth about it is, we're all supposed to try." And like, it's a it's a good takeaway in a sad song 
but you know, just skip ahead a little bit. Just, go, like, just jump around. Like a, it's just like a country dirge, yeah. and and it's haunting and, and distinctly American sounding. And it sounds it just like really, it's all about it's a, to fall apart. Like the music is all about to fall apart, but it stays together. Like it's always at risk of just. Yeah, it just is a really, is a really perfectly crafted song. I would just—I I love the sentiment that like trying is the thing that matters. Like yeah. you, you can whatever is going to happen is going to happen, but you got to try. Yeah. Manager number three is by Stars. We talked about it a little bit before. Your ex-lover is dead. Yeah. You keep going like right to the edge of the song. <laughs> it's called edging, Matt. <laughs> we get a car accident. I love to edge, Matt. <laughs> This song is, uh, this is exactly like this, the star song that Bob picked earlier, uh, a couple episodes ago. And like all star songs, it's super melodramatic. It takes like, it takes, um, like the emotions involved in love and relationships and, and elevates them into like, you know, cinematic proportions. And, um, this song is, is certainly no different. Um, it's, it's a, a confrontational p- title too. Your ex lover is dead. Is dead yeah. yeah, it's it's a beautiful song. Um, Live through this and you won't look back. It's oh, also yeah. like a personal mantra that I've had during tough times in my life, which is uh, a refrain that um, Amy, the singer, uh, one of the singers of this band, uh, sings in the bridge. Live through this and and uh, you won't look back. Is a uh, nice again. Makes me think a whole Courtney Love. Keep trying. Yeah, live. Yeah, live through this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 what you were just saying about trying. Like you know, just keep going. I never even heard of this band before. They were pretty big around that yeah. time. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're part of that like Canadian crew of of them and Metric and Broken Social yeah. Scene. And this album. Um, is called uh, Set Yourself on Fire. I generally consider this album to be a a classic of that era. And um, they've put out some pretty good albums around that too, but this is their best album, in my opinion. Bob, you're number three. Talked about them before, The Mountain Goats with No Children. about loving so much that it's loving someone so much that you hope that they die <laughs> that's a complicated way to say it yeah uh, just like being in in a sort of relationship that uh is combative and you've isolated everyone else around you but in that isolation you've ended up only with that person that you hate and that hates you back but you're never going to leave each other uh, and, and you know, it's like it's sort of brutal, but I, I think an accurate depiction of a lot of relationships and and how people end up staying in bad relationships for forever. Um, here, this is the part. I hope I lie and tell everyone you were a good wife, and I hope you die. I hope we both 
I hope we both die is the that that that's the that's the key to the whole thing. Yeah, this song is fucking brutal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um dance to this at a wedding. And I, like would that be like too ironic for for parents? I listened to it in Scotland for the first time because I guess we had just done our list together yeah. and, and it was I, I was up early one morning and I walked over to the berm and we went to go look at the water and I heard this for the first time like just this, on my headphones and I was just like what the fuck holy shit jeez okay I'm here at a wedding fuck <laughs> but, it, but it, it was just it's such a raw song and like it's it's just done well like I, I just yeah. like the the delivery of it I mean that it right sounds there. kind of Rewind it like 15 seconds, 20, 20 seconds now. 25 seconds. Yeah. I hope it stays dark forever. I hope the worst isn't over. I hope you blink before I do. I hope I never get sober. <laughs> and this is it too, right? I hope that if I found the strength to walk out, you'd stay the hell out of my way. Because, like, if someone really loves you and you're in a bad relationship, they they will be like, you can go. You don't have to stay here with me. But, like, most people don't have that strength. Most people just want to drown together. It's, yeah, that's a brutal song. It's fucked up. <laughs> I love well, it so much. Well, let's rebound a little bit with our final Radiohead song of the night. Once again, off Kid A, everything in its right place. Matt's number three. Just another one of those moments that you remember about hearing something for the first time. Mm. This is the first song? This is the first song now. Yeah. Where were you when you first heard this? I was sitting in my bed. I, me too, I, I walked in. Into, 2000? I, yeah. I walked the sound wave and bought this album on the day that it came out. I bought this in Chocolate Factory at the same time. Oh, shit. <laughs> Listen to this first. I think. Is that even right? I think it was a senior in high school. So this is 2000, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I can't be right. Ignition came out three years later. Yeah, like what an opening track. And not only, uh, you know, an opening track, like without context, but then when you consider the mission statement it's set in like the post-OK computer, you know, like... Like, this is a very deliberate statement by them. It's a reboot, Musically yeah. saying, like, okay, we're going in a completely different direction, and you yeah. can either come along or not. And uh, it was the year fucking 2000. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hope you guys like those guitars on those last albums. Because right. they're gone yeah. forever. In the new millennium, this is what music's going <laughs> to sound like. I mean, which is... And it was correct. They, they predicted a lot. Yeah. 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 But it was the kind of... It was, it was a rare time in my life that I even have to this day of, like... Hearing a song for the first time, and then just immediately going like, "Boop!" Yeah, I gotta go through that one again. Is, just, do you guys all like Kid A more than OK Computer? No, I do. I I don't know. Yeah, I, Kid A might be their best album, but OK Computer might be their best album. I don't know. Kid A, Kid A is again, it's probably their best album, but it's not the album that I go to most often. By that measure, it's in Rainbows, and Rainbows is probably my favorite. But you still have OK Computer ahead of it, ahead of Kid A. Yeah. I'm a Pablo Honey Man. I'm a moon-shaped pool kind of yeah. guy. I would say... Kid A scores a 9.7, where OK Computer scores a 9.72. Well, that's the thing. Is that, yeah, you're right. Like, at this point, at, at that, at yeah, that level of... Cares. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. It's like... Yeah, I love them all. I love Kid A. 
I guess I kind of love them all. You can just call me Mike. Now's your number two, Doves. There goes the fear. Um, oh, I know this song. It's it's a song both lyrically and sonically about like the clouds parting. Um, in any which way you want to take that, metaphorically, literally, and that's a really nice feeling. It's a nice feeling when. You know, you're going through some inner tur- turmoil or some shit in your life, and then you reach a, a period of like consonance where everything actually like works the way it should, and you feel like you're in a groove. And it's like that too, when like in the most literal sense, when the clouds part, and that's what this whole song's about. And uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful song. You guys know anything about this? I movie? like this song a lot. Yeah. I only know that you made me listen to this album a million times when we lived together. Yeah. The last broadcast, right? The last broadcast. I think we had a poster on the dorm room, bathroom door. Maybe. Or yeah, maybe. Um, yeah. They never really did anything after this. I think they put out one other album and then they broke up. But um, this is a really good album. It's a really good album. Did anyone have the darkness on their list at all? Almost. Somebody had, I believe, anything called Love. Was it Tom? One of, one of you had it. I? Did I have it in my 180? Yeah. 181? Man, so it was your 97. Oh, there you go. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Bob, your number two, Saul Williams with Black Stacy. <laughs> yeah. Saul Williams. Uh, yeah, there's another song that is like... It's about being... like like It's not for me, right? It's a song about being black and like too black for your peers and being uncomfortable with being too black and having people label you the black dude. Um, I used to hunt my pillow at night to type a silent But he's expressing stuff. Again, it's like, I feel like a broken record about this stuff, but he's like expressing a vulnerability that you rarely see, especially because he's not hiding behind metaphor or anything like that. It's like, you know, a lot of times in rock music, you can you speak in abstractions, but the first person in hip-hop is usually the, 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 the narrator, right? So, so like, Saul Williams is black, the Black Stacy of the song. And so he's, like, you know, talking about some really painful stuff to, to him. Then he turns it around and makes it about hip-hop in general. When he says to, to, like, you know, rappers that are always talking about, you know, their platinum chains and guns and stuff like that, he says, uh, if you share your heart, we'll nod our head to its beat. Which is sort of a beautiful, beautiful sentiment. Like, just, like, be real instead of, instead of like, faking all this shit and we'll, like... Like we can love you for who you are instead of instead of like you know your car or whatever. Matt, your number two, way way back. Bob had teenage dirtbag. Now we have teenage wasteland. Again by Wussy. That's a different thing than teenage dirtbag. Yeah, but they're both teenagers. But they both try to do the same thing. They just try, they try to write a song about what it feels like to be a teenager, and and they wrote a song that is just. As good as all the songs that this song is about, basically. And it's called Teenage Wasteland, like, like Bob O'Reilly, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I gotta get this album. This is off the, the album from like 2015 or 16 called Attica. It's a really, it's great. It's really, this song is the gem. You recommended one album to me and I listened to it and liked it and I forgot what that album was. I think it was this one. Probably. But to me, this shares a lot of that like uh, Titus Andronicus vibe that you were, you know, you, you, you had a, a few times. And it's just sincere. Finally, did something about it. The kick of the drum lined up with the beat of your heart, like it's just unabashed. Yeah. Rock and roll can and will save your life, and this song will save your life too. And, and you know, it just builds like this. And she's such a good singer, and she, and the harmonies they do. Ready for number one? Just skip ahead like like two thirds of the way left because I just want to hear that part with his harmonies in it. I mean, the other thing about this band too, they are like a blue collar Cincinnati bar band, but they also do these like sonic, like freak out like textures with their guitars and it. it, it he's deep in the mix. Like it, like there's a later album, so like the production got a lot deeper and like and richer hear him in there and uh, you know like, like a lot of uh, comparisons like you can make to some other music to like kind of uh, Velvet Underground even like like sonically but uh, yeah this is just a, a, as good a rock song as you can write I think simple and just soars man Mance's number one song is the only song not on your guys' lists from this band. Outcast's seventh appearance. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ms. Jackson. Woo! Yeah. Bombs Over Baghdad is uh, an incredible song and probably, again, quote-unquote, their best. And I'm glad that all three of us had it on our list. But... Um, this was a song that opened my eyes up to a world of music that I didn't listen to before. Um, when this song came out, I was like a punk kid only. And I don't know why, but I just fell in love with this song. And um, I love the groove. I love, I love the bounce. I love everything about this song. Uh, the swagger. It's fun, it's funny, it's poignant and sad. It's got a great beat. Both of the, you know, Andre and Big Boy are both at their finest. And uh, It does feel like Andre's song, though, right? It does feel like Andre's song, though, right? Like, this is his situation that he's talking about. Yeah. It feels a bit like Big Boy's, like, a featured artist on this song. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I necessarily agree yeah. with that. Big Boy gets the first verse. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, this might be more of his of Andre's sensibility musically based on what they did, uh, you know, after um, after this album. You came very close to smacking me in the face just then. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. 
it's it's a massive it was a massive hit and remains a classic to this day for many good reasons and um it's it's the song of theirs that i have the most fun listening to it, it feels like like i guess like I, I guess i can get a hold of what andre's story is yeah. in here because he's like talking yeah, yeah. Whereas like big boy is a, li- a little bit more uh, ab- abstract. All right, Bob, you're number one from the Libertines. Time for heroes. <laughs> Cut off. <laughs> I'm just running dangerously low on battery. I'm trying to make sure that we. Uh, yeah. Did Did you see the stylish kids in the riot? I mean, that is like. Uh, this has the best like culturally specific lyric, which is. Uh, Something along the lines of like, there's few things more distressing than that of an English man in a baseball cap. Because <laughs> he's just like, fucking people are just like, English people shouldn't be wearing baseball caps, man. That's America. We're not Americans. Stop being American. I, I think this song is a lot of fun, too. Like the way that, you know, it kind of like staggers at times where the beat just like kind of, you know, chops up. Yeah. Or even, you know, he says, I'll cherish you, my love. Oh, I'll cherish you. There's also the, I mean, there's a line in here that, like, I, you know, really fucks me up in, in a good way, which is, um, uh, we'll all die in the class that we're born, but it's a class of our own, my love. It's like, that's beautiful, man. Like, yeah, like, you might never be upwardly mobile. It might never happen. But just, like, be in love. And, and you know, the class struggle is real, and we got to fight for it. But, like, you don't need that materialist shit. Yeah, you're not fighting it to attain anything except fairness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, like England is a lot more class conscious than America is. America is sort of we provided this myth of of uh, uh, that there is no class system in America, but obviously that's bullshit. Anyway, the Libertines tried to save rock and roll, and we didn't let them. And uh, <laughs> the, I, my top five get juggled around a lot. Um, and this is the, as you can tell during these recordings, I've been in like a very class warfare kind of mood. <laughs> so this is, the, yeah, this is my number one right now. So the final song on the list, the 300th in this series of episodes, the 240th that we've talked about today, the second from Mr. Warren's email. Yeah. Keep me in your heart. Shadows are falling and I'm running out of breath Keep me in your heart for a while If I leave you it doesn't mean I love you any less Keep me in your heart for a while I think it's the best song about dying that I've ever heard in the morning and you see that crazy sun and like especially being a parent you think about legacy in terms of, of who you brought here and who, who you're responsible for keep me in your heart for a while like not to mention this was When I lost Darren and one of my best friends from college, oddly on the same day. Fuck. 
Rob, Rob called me, Rob Apaka called me to tell me about our friend Tom. And I was like, oh, I'm glad you called because I had to tell you about Darren. And it was it was almost like it was like a, it was like a black comedy of like That's wait fun. what you're and like it it, it it was a moment of like okay when you do life does this to you sometimes and and that's when you know th- I, I you know this did a lot to help contextualize things and, and since then it's just become something that makes me think about not being here and. The hope that like, I don't, the hope that that can be okay for my kids. I do. I, I, on October third, which is the day the day that my dad died, I text messaged you guys and I was like, "Do you have anything for this?" And you sent me this song. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to end on that. Like I, I structured this so that we ended on this song so that you could talk about it. Yeah. I mean, on a on a on a Warren Zevon level, like you know. The story of he recorded his album knowing he was he was on his way out and, and there's a documentary that like you, you really should watch because it's a, the making of this and you can hear that this is the last song he recorded for this album because it was like they were essentially done they're like we're not going to be able to get this take and so they had to go to his house and you hear there's just nothing behind his voice and it's the last song he recorded and that was the end of it and it's just the most It's there, man. It's brutal. For a while. thought you were listening to a comedy podcast (laughs) so here's some quick stats about this countdown we have finished all 100 favorite songs for each of you top five songs in order the most sort of the cumulative like rank one is worth 100 points all the way down to rank 100 is worth one point number one bob bombs over baghdad number two reckoner then party hard then get by then hey ya i think i think party hard might be a little high on that (laughs) list what was the ranking (laughs) bob bob reckoner Party hard, <laughs> three. Get, get by by Talib Kweli, and uh, then hey ya. Uh. So just some other quick stats, real quick. So it's in weird. the eighty to ninety nine weighted averages, sometimes the three shared up. songs you guys all had were the top three overall. This time, not that case. Hey ya uh, fell to five, even though you all had it on the the list. And the the worst song last time that was shared by two people was Pantera, which had or by Walk <laughs> by Pantera, which had sixteen points. The worst now is 26 points, which is, if I don't know if anybody remembers, uh, Hot Hot Heat's Oh God Damn It yeah, that, that, is that the worst rules. shared song. Uh, I said this before. Uh, Radio had 12, whopping <laughs> 12 shared songs. Radio had eight, eight, eight appearances over six songs. Outcast, seven appearances over three songs. Ween, six over six. LCD Sound System, four over four. Kanye, three and a half, if you count half Watch the Throne, over three and a half different songs. Bob and I lived together for two years <laughs> during a, a very fertile musical sure. period. Yeah, you guys went to college together. So, so we either bonded over music or I taught him to despise music <laughs> like the shins. Yeah. And that's how you wind up with 12 comments on. And the mm-hmm. final set that I have is that there were 278 unique songs this time out of a possible 300. Last time there were 271. How many so, songs this time? 
278. So roughly about the same. You know, it's a few a few more unique songs, but we'll see what 1679 is. I'm predicting no no songs crossover. Email us. Absolutely me. Tub talk at cageclub.me. Go to cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon. Spend some money. Tom will send you workout tips. Yep. And we'll catch you in two weeks for Snubs and Flubs 2000 style.